What do you get when you mix UFOs, tractor beams and all, abduction, long geographical distances, and a smattering of eerie controversy? You get the Gundia McKay abduction, one of Australia's most prolific UFO abduction cases. After a brief investigation and some TV interviews, this case is sure to hit your sweet tooth of the unexplained. Keith Rylance, Amy Rylance, and their friend Petra Heller would tell one of the most extraordinary tales of any UFO case file. The immediate investigation and media coverage of their circumstances provides a motherload of information to the ufology community. And stay tuned till after the show for this week's Musician Spotlight, featuring A Burden to Bear. Thank you for joining us this week on the Supernatural Tendencies Podcast. I'm Christy. And I'm Alex. This week is Episode 22, The Gundia McKay Alien Abduction. The story begins in Gundia, Queensland, Australia, when Keith Rylance, his wife Amy, and their friend and business partner Petra Heller were staying in a trailer on the couple's property that they were developing into the Whispering Winds Winery. Keith reported that he had headed to bed around 9.30 p.m., retiring to their bedroom, with Petra following shortly after, leaving Amy alone watching television in the living room. Keith would go on to describe the layout of the trailer for reference. Both bedroom doors that Petra and Keith were in faced the living room. Petra's door was ajar, while Keith's door was open. At approximately 11.15 p.m., Petra had woken up and had exited her room into the living area, and what she saw is something out of a movie scene. A beam of light was protruding through the open window, suspending Amy in her sleeping position. The light seemed to be carrying not only Amy out of the window, but also the items that had been on the coffee table next to her when she fell asleep. Petra then reportedly fainted from the sight, but before she did, she managed to catch a glimpse of what was emitting the strange beam of light. She said the light was coming from a disc-shaped UFO, hovering a short distance off the ground outside. The preliminary report given to the Australian UFO Research Network by Petra stated that she didn't think she was out long, but when she came to, she did so screaming, waking Keith. While attempting to calm down Petra, Keith noticed that the contents of the coffee table had been strewn across the floor in front of the window. Keith also noticed that the window screen appeared to be cut vertically and along the bottom of the window frame. Not getting much information out of a hysterical Petra, Keith rushed outside to look for Amy to no avail. In disbelief of what Petra said actually occurred, Keith finally called the authorities. It was logged that Keith had called the police at around 11.40 p.m., but due to manpower issues, it wouldn't be for another hour and a half before units would reach the trailer. Upon hearing the reason that they were being dispatched, the two officers who responded initially thought that they were dealing with some type of foul play 
or even murder. But when they arrived to an understandably frantic Keith and Petra, they were taken aback when they heard the word spaceship. Sergeant John Bosnajek, the officer in charge of the nearby Tiaro police, was phoned and asked to assist in the investigation. Together, three officers in total noticed that a bush outside of the window that held the torn screen showed signs of heat stress or something else. Interestingly enough, another bush close by was not affected in the same manner. Samples were taken for testing. If this story doesn't already have you on the edge of your seat, just wait. The next part is the most amazing yet. While the police continued to investigate, Keith had gotten a call from a stranger who had said she had found a woman dehydrated and in distress from a BP station who she had just dropped off at a hospital. Not just any hospital, but a hospital in McKay, Queensland, some 490 miles north of Gundia. She had told Keith that the woman was Amy. Upon being released from the hospital, the police had taken Amy in for questioning. The story she will tell was done so after she signed a police statement, holding her legally accountable for the claims. She started by saying that she did remember falling asleep on the couch in the trailer, but doesn't remember anything that Petra had seen. Then she finds herself waking up on some type of bench in a rectangular-shaped room. She stated that the room appeared to be lit by the walls and ceiling, not by any individual lights, but by the very building material used to construct them. While being alone upon waking up, she began calling out and was answered by what seemed to be a male voice, asking for her to, quote, be calm and that everything would be all right and that she would not be harmed. She would go on, quote, soon an opening appeared in the wall and a guy about six feet tall walked into the room. She would describe the man as slender, but in perfect proportion. He wore a full body suit, with a black mask covering his face, save for holes for his eyes, nose, and mouth. Amy explained that she had had the feeling that she had been there for a while, as the man continued with the calming reassurances. The man explained to her that they were bringing her to a place not far from where she was taken, because the lights were wrong on the property, and it wasn't safe. She then said she found herself drifting off to sleep. The next thing she would recall was waking up on the ground, surrounded by trees. She said she felt dazed as she made her way through the wilderness, before reaching a road and seeing a gas station. The attendants at the BP station, seeing Amy not well off and covered in mud, gave her aid and did their best to understand how she came to be in such state. After giving her some water, as she believed herself to be dehydrated, the attendants were hard-pressed to get any real answers out of her initially. Not being able to answer identifying questions, the staff asked if she were drunk or on drugs, to which she answered no. She said she felt tired, sore, and lethargic, and she asked to be taken to the hospital. The police, wanting to keep Amy close for more questioning, put her up in a hotel room on the night of October 5th, 2001. After Petra and Keith arrived at the hotel room in McKay, they documented a few curious things about Amy's body. They took photographic evidence of several, quote, strange triangular arrangements on her heels and on her inner right thigh. Amy had also dyed her hair blonde a few days previous that now showed significant signs of growth, exposing her natural hair color. 
Lastly, while Amy had been known to shave her legs regularly, they now felt as if she hadn't done so in days. While at the hotel, they began research into ETs and UFOs where they came across the Australian UFO network and contacted them asking for assistance. Keith wanted to alert the media to get the story out, but the researchers advised him to put much thought into that decision. Ufologists from the Australian UFO network, Bill Chalker and Diane Harrison, attempted to find any inconsistencies in any of the three people's stories. While most of the investigation could neither be confirmed nor denied at the Gundia property, one thing of interest they noted was the presence of two pets in the trailer, a parrot and an overly active Kelpie dog. Keith admitted that while the dog was friendly, it did make a habit of jumping up on people. At one point, the dog did jump up on the very window screen that was damaged, leading investigators to wonder if this could be the cause of the screen damage. They also questioned a nearby professional gardener, who said that plants of the area would stress sporadically and naturally anyway, possibly explaining the damage to the bush outside the window. Both investigators from the Australian UFO Network stated above, then went to the McKay site where Amy had allegedly been returned by the craft to get a better insight of those series of events. After attempting to recreate the situation in the woods, as well as speaking with the BP station staff, both investigators still had serious questions regarding Amy's claims. These reservations even came after surveillance footage had been provided to the investigators from the BP station. The investigators would go on to say that Keith had said he would make himself available for the duration of the investigation on their first day in Gundia, but did not return their phone calls afterward until their second day in McKay. The reason he gave would add another layer of intrigue to the story. Keith would state that while not specifically being an out-and-out case, he thought they may have had a Men in Black experience since the investigators had arrived. He would tell that while driving, he was followed by a high-powered, dark brown, four-wheeled van. All three had been in the vehicle during the incident, and it frightened them enough that they attempted to lose the van and then fled the area. The above information from the investigators was taken from their October 14, 2001 preliminary report, and while the investigation had not concluded at that time, they said that many of the statements made and described were controversial and possibly suspect, but an open mind would be needed to sift through it all. As a cherry on top of this whole case, nothing has been heard since from Keith, Amy, or Petra. Some rumors say that they relocated to England or the United States, but nothing is confirmed. The case is still open for investigation. Are we recording on Reaper now? We are recording hey, on Reaper now. And for the editing welcome, process, welcome. <laughs> here we are. Uh, okay, so to bring everyone up to speed. Doing things a little different this week, trying some new things. Yep, we had kind of this idea of what we wanted to do, and, and we still need to work out the kinks, both on the tech side and on the layout side of how this is actually going to operate. See, usually everyone here who... Uh, 
may be already accustomed to how the podcast is kind of set up in its audio form, uh, know that we kind of do the narrative and then we go into like a discussion portion. But we wanted to get kind of a live element involved to where we could stream across platforms, both Facebook, uh, YouTube, across our private pages, as well as the group and then the podcast page. So we wanted to get like a group chat involved with it to kind of have another element of discussion with it. So So hold on here before we get too far. I just want to check and make sure here that we are still recording. Where are you checking? Okay. Okay. Reaper still okay. going? Yeah. Okay. 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 Can you guys hear us okay? Somebody give me a yay or a nay just to make sure you... Um, Can you see... You know, basically just to make sure Alex didn't screw things up again. Really? Trista, my sister. Oh, there we go. There we go. All right. I was in the private chat. I wasn't in the uh, live comments. Woo, there we go. Okay, you got about so. one more. You got about one more, and then I am gonna I'm gonna hey, lay the hammer down. This is our first one, and yesterday because we, I can't I can't on. deal with this. Yesterday we had gotten together for it was like six hours, and initially our plan was to record as per I was usual. Tapped, tapped afterward, tapped. Our initial plan was to record as per usual, and then we kind of dug down a rabbit hole like just fell down it with such ferocity and intensity you guys it was really bad that uh yeah we i still don't think we hit the bottom and it and it culminated in this idea now so we wanted we wanted to test the waters this week so if anybody in the group actually listens to the audio form on any of the podcast platforms um it may be a little harebrained right now so this is like i said our first time that we're trying this working out the kinks working yeah out. yes very much so so like i said on both the tech side and just seeing how this whole new di- dynamic is going to work uh from my end because i do all the editing for this show um this ums are probably not going to get edited out edited out so if anybody does not join in on the live you're, you're directing that at me aren't you i just literally said me ums my ums you do a lot of clicks careful you do that number. I don't do that. Do yeah. I do that? Yeah. You don't know that you do it, but I edited them all out. So everyone will hear all your natural tendencies now. So let's get this uh, kicked off here. Um, and this is going to be the kind of feeling out portion for this show. Feeling because you guys out. really don't know what show we're doing this week. Do that? You didn't You didn't have a promo post, did you, of what we're doing this well, week? Well, no, because you just kind of sprung it on me. Oh, okay. Oh, willy-nilly. So, that's right. So my ill preparation yeah. just made this worse. Uh, so this week we were going to release the Gundia McKay alien abduction case. And we just recorded the narrative for it. And the only downfall to this whole system as of right now until we get this experience worked out is we want to have you guys kind of involved and ask questions as well. Unfortunately, there's no – I have one way, but I'm not going to do it yet. But way to release the narrative beforehand – to do this live discussion to take place of our old discussion format and release it as a whole like we normally do if someone wants to listen to it at a later date without you guys having to learn during our live. That's the guy that, that's the, mm-hmm. the problem we're having. So what we figured, what I figured mainly, is that most of the time in the podcasts, we, uh, we kind of recap during the live form. So what we're going to try to do is kind of do our recap here as we normally would do in the discussion, and kind of tell the story as we progress. Um, It is going to kind of spoil it for the narrative, but hopefully it will come together as a 
better ending podcast. And hopefully, maybe eventually we could just open these live discussions up for just the Supernatural Tendencies uh, group members. So if you want to be involved in this live discussion forum, you have to be you know part of the group. So um, again, I'm noticing on my monitor that I'm having a little bit of latency uh, with the v- voice and my camera. So if I take pauses, I apologize. I'm getting used to uh, that. I am sorry if if that's doing it terribly. I don't know if it is or not. Does it look like to, does it look like to you? Do I have a lot of latency? Just a little bit. Okay. Hopefully Just that's a not, little bit. Hopefully that's not off putting because I know on her monitor she's fine and on my monitor I'm fine, but on her monitor I am I'm a hair behind. So hopefully the way you guys are seeing it is at least a little better in time. Yeah. It's kind of a kooky setup we got going on uh, because there's so many ways that we could try to do this. We'll get it down, Pat. Yeah. Give us some time here. Hopefully this will pan out. So uh, without any further ado, let's get into it. The Gundy McKay alien abduction. That's a cool case. It is. I I think you had asked me to do it a long time ago. Yeah. And it got put on the back burner with some other ones I was writing and it just kind of this was next in line for me to do. And wow. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot to it. There really is. I think it's probably going to end up being like um, seven pages of notes, probably. My my terrible written notes. (laughs) I can't. I had one too many beers on one portion that I was writing, and I wrote the other portion at work on two different pieces of paper of, di- of varying sizes with different pens. It was it was tantamount to the the board with all the pins with with it the, was the utter yarn. chaos I thought on was- <laughs> paper, you guys. It was redonkulous. Oh, Hi, Trista, my sister. She says, "Yeah, your lips don't my lips don't match, don't match okay. up, Alex." Hi, Sue. Hi, Carlene. Hi, Valerie. But Trista, um, is the Thanks audio for joining us? Is the audio in time? Like, do we sound like we're responding in a, in the correct time? I have video, to cough. Am I allowed to cough? You cough anyway. I was to... chastised before. She, she, she coughs a lot. <coughs> now I'm good. See, now I, how am I going to edit that out? Now it's going to be weird. So we need a mute button. Like a big. Oh, no, like, you just mute me. <laughs> mute button <laughs> somewhere. Okay. So wow, man. Also with this, um, you will probably get to see Oscar in this. And if you uh, they have, love Oscar, if you have been in any groups with uh, with my mother and her watching my live and her live readings and stuff like that, you, you already Oscar know Oscar. In my background, he may jump up here. He th- okay. See, here's the thing: is he thinks because at the way our table is set up here in the studio, the studio slash office, Alex is across from me, and she says audio is too late. Um, Oscar thinks that Alex's side of the table is his table. And he gets very upset when Alex comes over and we record because Alex takes up his table. And Oscar just, you know. <laughs> he sat during the whole he's recording Oscar. period. Tonight. There's a reason why his name is Oscar the yes. Grouch. Yes. So you will hear dogs barking most likely. You will hear motorcycles. Going to hear us um, scream, Oscar. Yeah, it will happen. And that's that's going to happen with this with this style. But we we definitely want, like I said, one of the element of you guys being involved. Uh, Trista did say the audio is, is a little late, too. So hopefully um, that will be okay for our live streaming because I'm pretty sure that in the recording, in our, in our audio recording that we're taking at the same time, it's going to be fine. Um, it's just the, the, the leap between having the audio going through one computer mm-hmm. and then um, 
the video being split. She has the one video on her on the same computer, and I have video from from a tablet. It's cold in here. Oh my god! I'm like yeah, because we got to shut off the heater. I know, but because I have a vent, like right, my digis are cold right here, and it blows up my armpits. So I'm just gonna sit over here in the corner. I'm literally in the corner, and I'm just gonna grow icicles. Anyway, okay. So now that we got done explaining and, and pleading with people to understand about our situation <laughs> that we're doing now, <laughs> okay. Back to gun, gun, the Gundia McKay. So, uh, Gundia like I said, McKay. Did you throw a little bit of Australian? <laughs> Gundia McKay? No, I didn't mean to. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you're right. You're right. Motorcycles are not here right now, Holly, because uh, it is wintertime. <laughs> I'm saying in general, when we get in the summers. Thank you for pointing that He's out. He's just a babbling idiot, she Holly. Forgive him. Thank you. Yes. I love it when that happens. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. Yes. Okay, so uh, Gundia McKay. Um, like I said, the one drawback is, unless you guys have heard of the of the case this week, uh, we're gonna kind of take you through it. So here we go. So the Gundia McKay. There we go. There we go. That's a knife. I had to do <laughs> Did it. You, you knew. Really? You knew I was gonna. No. I can't. I had to, man. I took breathing exercises. I won't exercises. do it anymore. I won't. No more. No more. I'm going to be good. All I right. I took breathing exercises before I came in here not to make Never a nothing. reference like that. But you did. Okay. So we have the uh, Gundy and McKay alien abduction case this week. Uh, in 2001, uh, it, it involved mainly three people. Um, we have uh, Keith and Amy Rylance, right? And then Petra Heller. Now, they were in uh, cahoots together. Um trying to come up with uh, this property, right, that they had owned uh, to make a winery, which they were going to call the Whispering Winds. And they were kind of in a, in the development of it, right, getting everything around. Can I just say something? What are you going to say? This is the one thing I find a little bit weird okay. in this story. All right. Because you have Amy and Keith, who are obviously a married couple. How does Petra fit into this whole... She's the business partner. What do you think is happening? Who lives with them? In a trailer? No, 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 no. Okay, first off, we switched the vernacular for the story, and you'll hear this later in the narrative. I'm so confused. From caravan to trailer. So they're in this caravan, which is which is an American trailer. So they're all out there just kind of... in uh, Developing the land, getting the things okay, built, like, getting everything. Why doesn't she have her own caravan? I don't, I don't know. Maybe it was cheaper. They're strapped. Really? If they can... They're strapped. What? Come right. on now. You're balking down the story. All right, all right. Go. You're balking down right, the story. Okay, go, go. So they're in They're in the trailer, the one trailer that has multiple bedrooms. Okay? All right. Thank you. Uh, on on the property, and they're developing it, getting it ready for, I'm assuming, whatever wineries do. Do they physically plant the grapes, build the buildings? I don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're getting it, getting it ready to open op- the grapes. Yeah, yeah. Well, opening the winery. And this case starts to unfold. Dum, dum, dum. Oh, man, we don't have our music. I'm going to have to add our music next time. Really? No, let's not do that. Not do that. We already missed our music in the intro. So, Like you sometimes. On the live intro. So so uh, one night, and it was, uh, so it was October 5th. We're going to go a few days before October 5th because they only give context clues as to when the event itself happened. Mm-hmm. So we'll give you a few days before October 5th. Um, it was 9.05. Uh, I should have had my notes, but unfortunately, the the computer I usually use for my notes, you guys are viewing me on right now. So we're going to have to think of that later. So uh, hopefully we get this right. Uh, about, was it nine o'clock? Nine o'clock at night, was it? Yeah. Keith ends up going to bed. He gets t- tired, a little tuckered, goes to bed. Calls it a night. Calls it a night. Petra is not far after, and they're going into their separate rooms, and both rooms are essentially attached to the living area to uh, in which they left Amy. 
and Amy stays up watching television. So we come to about 11.15, was it, p.m. that night, and Petra decides, well, she doesn't decide, she wakes up, and then decides to walk out in the living room, to which an astonishing sight oh my. comes to her. Oh my. So when she walks out, she finds that Amy is in her sleeping position, as in laying like Liza Feather, Liza Feather stiff <laughs> as a board, right? Uh, being... <laughs> tractor beam I'm not even St- stop do you know the reference do you remember that movie yes okay Liza cr- Feather, oh, what? i don't remember that movie what? come on what now it? what was the movie the craft thank you that was a good one okay smart ass the feather stiff as a board tell me my business again via a tractor you know what beam. movie that was from now that you would have just like bam it out there no what was i didn't tell me my said. business again i don't know that one what is it i'm i'm for real i will shut this thing down oh. and come over there and i will pummel <laughs> you about oh. the head and neck area. So she's being light as a feather, stiff as a boarded via a tractor beam, like a physical beam of light out of the window of the living room. Yeah. Uh, even more interesting than mm-hmm. that, the items that were on the coffee table next to her while she was sleeping is also are, are also kind of floating with her in this tractor beam. So obviously this site is pretty freaking amazing and Petra becomes so overwhelmed that she passes out. Before she passes out, she happens to look out the window and finds what is emitting this tractor beam. And it is, would you call it the stereotypical? I mean, disc-shaped UFO, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hovering above the ground outside. So she passes out and she wakes up screaming and that wakes up Keith. So they are together in the living room, right? And obviously Petra's freaking out. Freaking out. And what is she doing? <laughs> and and Keith tries to calm her down and he's not getting, you know, much sense out of her. So he like runs outside to kind of check to see if where where Amy had went. Maybe she had she had left or something like that. And while he's trying to figure it out, obviously it took a while for him to figure out because it was like an hour later or something like that. That that he had called police. No, no, he had called the police soon after, but due to manpower issues, it took uh, him an hour and a half. Of the local to get TRO there. police. Yeah. It took him an hour and a half to dispatch units. So the units got there and they had had the unit or had the you know situation explained to which they thought, all right, well, this is probably like foul play. It's probably something shady going on. Something shady going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. they get there and they hear spaceship. So we put that in the narrative too, because that was kind of the trigger word for them, like, whoa. Whoa. Something's not kosher, I guess. Whether or not they believed it, which I'm most certain that they did not yeah. believe that it was a UFO. Um, and then we move on to like the like the cream of the crop of this story, right? Mm-hmm. As long as the timeline matches, you could just not believe it all. The tractor beam, right? Not yeah, they're be- making not it up. It. They're it's making a bunch it of hogwash. Bunch of hogwash. But if you believe the timeline and how it went, at some point during the police officer's investigation, uh, Jennifer just asked me why I'm being so mean to Christy. Uh, because that is 30 years of repressed anger that I have against her. <laughs> It, it, the truth comes out. It vents right here a little bit daily as Facebook. opposed to one just mass murder spree. It just vents a little <laughs> uh-huh. bit daily. And you realize you just put that on TV now. So yeah. uh, it's out there. So yeah. if anything happens to me. <laughs> it's officially recorded premeditation. Uh, so if you didn't believe any of the tractor beam story whatsoever, nothing like that. But you do at least believe the timeline of what happened that Keith explains. During the police's investigation, uh, Keith receives a phone call from a uh, a BP manager, I believe, uh, the manager of a BP gas station. 
who said she had found a woman in distress, with, like caked in mud, not making any sense. And uh, she was real dehydrated and she asked to go to the hospital, to which the manager obliged and dropped her off at the hospital. The crazy thing about it is this BP station was in McKay. And most of our American listeners, I imagine, would not know why that's significant. So we're going to do the math for you real quick. Hopefully we did it correctly. And I'm not vouching for anything on this one. I swear to God. But we believe at this point in time <laughs> uh, that the uh, the linchpin to the story is that uh, Gundia is about, was it 490 miles? Yeah, 490. From McKay. Yeah. So if you believe that story, there ain't no way that you're driving 490 miles not in what, happen. two hours? Yeah ish that that isn't that isn't going to happen so again if you believe the timeline of the story and nothing else how would amy have gotten from from gundia to mckay in such a short amount of time yeah so that really is one of the the uh, red flags of this whole story how did that happen how did that happen and you know i just want to point out the fact that i was chastised for why during the narr when we were recording the narrative for this because I thought it was funny that BP was in Australia. And Alex is like, why is that funny? I just didn't know that BP was in Australia. I don't know. I did. He's like, well, do you even know what BP stands for? <laughs> no, I don't. What is it? British P- Petroleum? Yeah. Why do you yeah. why do you say so apprehensively? Well, just because I don't think that I'm the only person out there who didn't know this. <laughs> Okay. And you felt that it was just like common knowledge, and I should know this. Do you know what GE means? General Electric. Okay. What about uh, GMC? That's a little bit different. What GMT? General Motors Corporation. Really? What's BP? I don't know. You wouldn't know. I okay, don't that know. makes sense. I don't even know. Blood pressure, Trista. Good job. Blood pressure. Blood pressure. Uh, stupid. <laughs> you're just stupid. Yeah, she was picked up at a blood pressure station. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, now you're going to attack Trista. One of the many You that- see? You see? One of the many that McKay Clearly, Queensland, I'm Australia is known for. the problem in yeah. this. Anyway. Anyway, so uh, do, you have, do you have anything to add up until this point? Any questions? Any concerns? Because you had some not 10 minutes ago besides BP. Not as of yet. Keep going. Oh, we're going to keep going. Okay. So, so I she, think you should move the... Your, can you move your computer back? For what? Away what from, you because you look like you're taking up the whole screen. Well, it's, and it's making me uncomfortable. I, it's not high enough, and I can't do it with this thing. I'm uncomfortable. I can't. Watch oh, it fall. It's going to fall. <laughs> Don't let him fall. Is that better? See? I See? told you. <laughs> I told you. He's an idiot. I swear <laughs> to God. Am I the idiot when you asked me to do that? Okay. So you guys are kind of getting a behind That's the scenes. That's where it's going to be for now. This is literally how it goes every week when we go to record <laughs> wait should we the do the only thing that is missing is me sitting here eating while we're doing it because i was instructed that i'm apparently not allowed to do that because it's rude it's fine if i can edit it out but if you're doing it during a live and as soon as i hit record to which i tell you we're recording <laughs> what are you eating what are you eating mom uh taffy <laughs> okay week two it's ruffles doesn't make any sense Anyway, can we move on? Okay. Moving on. So, um, dehydrated and wanting to go to the hospital, um, Amy ends up, well, getting to the hospital. Yeah. Okay. So, the hospital staff kind of nurse her back to health, and I feel like it's different now. Okay. Uh, nurse nurse her back to health, and she ends up getting questioned by the police. Now, um, it was a little vague in, in the videos that I had watched, so I kind of, 
uh, we kind of like shoveled it along in the narrative until we can explain it now. But uh, we don't exactly know whether the police came and initially questioned her while she's in the hospital or if they did all of the questioning after she was released. But there was there is a point in time where the most important part of the story that she tells of what happened to her, or at least what she recalls happening to her, happens within the police station. So we're going to put pose that as now as being after she was released from the hospital, she was questioned at the police station. Why this is very important is because she signed an affidavit saying that whatever she says, she is now held illegally, uh, illegally, wait, now held legally counted for accounted for god in australian law get it together man I can't in australian law so this entire story that she plays out of what she remembers of her abduction can be legally bound to her and that's pretty that's pretty important that's i mean kind of, I, I don't know like i felt bad for her though you know first she gets abducted and goes through this traumatic experience and you know ends up at the hospital next thing you know the police are i mean I, you know because like when we were first reading the story i was like you know are they questioning her you know oh my god what happened to you or are they questioning her and it definitely feels more like they were threatening her or questioning her see i didn't get that though see that's the kind of the vibe that i got did you watch the at least the one the longest documentary about it and it's only like 23 minutes long did you watch that one no okay they made it more sound like she came in and they were like all right do you want to tell us your story and she goes yeah all right well since we're here you have to sign this it was more of like a weird, okay, but you got to sign it to make it official. So you're not wasting our time because you're saying that you got abducted by ETs. Like we're not going to waste our time unless you sign the paper that says that you're telling the absolute truth to your fullest extent, which makes complete logical sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're entertaining it as long as she's now held to whatever she says. So if she says she's seen a white Siberian tiger with a saddle on it and there was a duck riding it. They're going to entertain hearing that as long as she that. signs the affidavit, right? Possibly. So that well that that would be the logical reason why. So regardless of anything else, that's the second part of this point of this story that the media really latched on when this story came to light was the fact that all everything that she said, uh, especially the main chunk of the story was not only told to the UFO Australian Research Network, but it was also told to the McKay police under this you know signed affidavit so she tells the story of not uh she actually remembers falling asleep uh in the trailer what are you la- are you watching chat you're not supposed to watch chat it's a funny comment you note to self never report seeing aliens <laughs> if you haven't learned that by now i mean come on trista it goes without saying <laughs> Oh, my gosh. All right. Oh, I even said I wasn't going to start this laughing. You already did. Shit. And now I'm doing it. You're laughing. <laughs> uh, so so she starts telling the story of she remembers falling asleep in the trailer, but she does not remember anything that Petra had said. No. Uh, had said that she had seen before she, like, passed out. So she, all of, like, the movie cut scene kind of feel that Petra had seen, None of that she remembers, but she does remember waking up. And some of the facets of the story that she says when she's waking up, um, I've never really heard some of them. A lot, a lot of these alien abduction cases you start getting into and you start seeing reoccurring themes. And one could pose that like one one person is kind of stealing from another and that's why they're kind of reoccurring. Or if you're in like an actual full-on believer, of course they'd be the same because it's happening. So, you know, this is how this works, right? Yeah. For me, for me, um, 
this case reminded me a lot of the uh, Betty Andresen. Andresen? Andresen. Yeah. Okay. Case. Yeah. Do you know that case? Uh, not right off hand. I okay. Couldn't. Yeah. Um, you know, especially with the, and there have been other cases too. I was, uh, I was just trying to think, um, and I'm drawing a blank now because, you know, I'm mentally fried because mm-hmm. it's taken six hours to do this. <laughs> uh, that talk about the walls and the ceiling being lighted. Oh, oh, we're so getting it, into that part. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so f- definitely not, you know, like, oh, this is something that has never happened before oh, okay. to anybody. You know, like these these are kind of, I don't want to say the norm, but, you know, they are. So the Betty Andresen story, she actually reports that the I'm lights. I'm thinking it was a Betty Andre. She I reports that the lights were being emitted from the actual, like, materials, like an ambient glow. I, I think, didn't, um. Bob Lazar say something about that. He had such he has such an in, I'm intricate just saying, story. I'm just saying no, though. He has such an intricate know? story that I don't remember some of the ins and outs of his. Yeah. Like, I, I remember I'm some of the points. Sure. There were some other ones too. Um Okay, I can't so remember. So we kind of we kind of buried the lead on that one, but uh so she she wakes up on the like this bench type apparatus and, and it's in a rectangular room. And she's the she says that the most interesting point of this room is that it was lighted by the very building materials yeah. that it was made from. There weren't individual lights. Light whether, bulbs yeah, or light anything bulbs, like that. Lights. It was like the whole wall and ceiling glowed yeah, or emitted like a light. They were emitting their own yeah. light from the room. Just like, woo-woo. Yep. Soon after, a, a man came in. I think she said a, a guy. A guy came in. A guy. A guy. He was a guy. A guy came in. And he's about he six feet lefty. tall. He was a lefty. <laughs> He was lefty. About six feet tall, wearing a bodysuit and a mask that had holes cut for his nose, eyes, and mouth. Immediately, I pictured like the Lone Ranger. Do you know what I pictured? I'm just saying, when we were reading it, I had to like. (laughs) I vaguely remember uh, from Pulp Fiction. If you had, was it Ving Rames? Oh, Ving Rames. As the Gimp? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, was he the Gimp or was he the dude that was like torturing the Gimp if the Gimp were in a full bodysuit? I haven't seen that movie in so Me neither. That's long. what I pictured. But uh, <laughs> he told Amy to stay calm and that she wouldn't be harmed. And she would go on. And he would go on to tell her that that they were going to be replacing her to a place nearby from where she was taken. Because, and this is an interesting part of the story that I actually put in, uh, that it was going to be nearby because the place that she was taken from, the lights were wrong. And it wasn't safe to go there now. Yeah. So, like, what's up with that? So, what's it? What did the the spaceman mean by the lights were wrong? Was it the police officers were now there and they had their lights going, and they were afraid of the you know investigative authorities being there? That's why it wasn't safe. Uh, but it's a very interesting v- vernacular to use. Is that the right term for that? So that's how she came to McKay. Now that also you could posit the question that quote unquote nearby to a UFO is 490 miles, but it goes to prove our story. So, uh, <laughs> I had to put in the commercial <laughs> that look goes to prove our story. So she remembers waking up in, surrounded by trees and she had to make her way through the wilderness to the road and thus lay the BP station. So that was her story told under the affidavit. Now, the police wanted to keep her close by for questioning just in case they wanted to bring her back, and I'm sure they would. Uh, and they put her up in a hotel for the night. 
So the next day, I'm not going to say next day because I don't know how long it takes to drive 490 miles right offhand, and I'm not going to give misinformation at this time. So uh, the next day or two would be when uh, Keith and Petra uh, come up to meet her in the hotel room, okay? So they get up there, and the, Amy tells them the story, and they start looking Amy over. And this is like the, the the section three of awesomeness of this case is they have photographic evidence of weird, like, triangle marks on Amy, uh, on her heels, and on the right inner thigh. And so what, what are these marks from? Also, she had dyed her hair blonde, a few days previous to the incident, which now you could visibly see natural growth, like her root. You can now see her, yeah, her, her roots, roots growing shown. out. Yeah. Uh, and the final piece of it would be uh, she was known for shaving her legs regularly, and now you could you could clearly see growth, like days worth of she growth got on some her legs. Double on there. We found Sasquatch ah! as well. So that was a bad joke. I apologize. So they took pictures of all this, and I believe you can look these pictures up. And the way you can, or the reason why you can look these pictures up is because after uh, the three of them had documented everything like this, or of this in the hotel room, they had started searching for information on UFOs and ETs, and that's when they came upon the Australian UFO Research Network, and they got them on the horn right quick. Uh, so they started telling them the story of what happened, because I'm sure there's some type of preliminary questionnaire. I don't know if they have like formulated questionnaire. How did you hear about us? Or something, <laughs> right? Uh, how, were you referred by a friend? Uh, were you recently abducted? Oh, that's okay. <laughs> now we have. Now we're in business. <coughs> so, so they get a hold of them, and Keith automatically says that he wants to get the media involved. He wants to get the story out. I'm not sure if he was concerned for like the area. Maybe it would happen again, yeah. uh, or one could take that as he wants. To, he wants famous from it, mm-hmm. right? We don't. We're not going to we make don't any. Know either or, we're not going to make any assumptions know. at yeah. this point. We don't and know Keith. If you've been a fan of this podcast for at least a little bit, you'll know that sometimes I'm too logical. So bear with me on why we're going to stick with this right now. That he wasn't looking for attention, and we'll, we'll come to why I believe so. So the UF, ufologists recommend that he not do that or that he think deeply about that decision before he contacts the media of course he does chatty kathy here chatty comes kathy. the media so <laughs> they uh Swoop. uh all three of them keith amy and petra end up coming back to uh gundia and they meet with the ufologists um chalker and harrison and harrison now, the rest of this story, the vast majority of it anyway, with a, with a, just a smattering of other information from other sources, the main part of our story that we told today comes from the preliminary report done by these two uh, Australian UFO Research Network investigators. Mm-hmm. So uh, Chalker and Harrison come and meet the three in uh, at the, uh, the, the Gundia property. And they go over all the things that they were talking about that we had talked about before. The cut in the window screen. They go over the the bush that was burned. Mm-hmm. And uh, what else was there? Um, I think that was it for right then. So immediately, immediately as a ufologist, you start going through any possible things that it could have been. Right? We are not going to say swamp gas because even I will throw a cup at you. Because even uh, who came up with that? The big researcher. The big, uh, you did the research, man. No, this is he wasn't even part of this case. Oh, he no, he Stan wasn't even part Friedman? of this case. Stan Freeman, who initially was 
a non-believer than he came to be a believer? Or was it opposite? But he even said that he was kind of coerced into coming up with a, a random reason why it wasn't a UFO. And he said at the time, it was, no, that's what it was. He was a non-believer sent out to disprove. And he says after so many, he goes, a lot of them were provable as not being hoaxes, but being mistaken you know, identifications. Mm-hmm. But he said there were enough that you couldn't that he now believed. So he came up with a random. Would you stop that? Misty said he came you up with me, a man. random. I love you too, Misty. A random excuse for what these are. And their excuse came up with a swamp gas. And at a later time, he even said that he regrets ever coming yeah. up with that because yeah. swamp gas is not a thing. Ludicrous excuse. So, uh, even now, swamp gas is not a thing. So, mm-hmm. so the, these ufologists start going through some of the some of the things. Like I said, the cut, for example, on the window screen. Now, the first thing that they noticed upon entering the trailer when Keith was kind of showing them around was they noticed that there were two pets wandering around. One being a parrot, and the other being a kelpie dog. And I did not know specifically what a kelpie dog was, so I'm going to read off some information about a kelpie dog. Uh, from Wikipedia. So we have a Kelpie dog. What I'm looking at is a red Australian Kelpie dog. Uh, height is about 15 to 20 inches with a weight from 31 to 44 pounds. And the reason why I want to give you that information, I'm going to put my phone down. Oh, if I would have thought about it in advance, we could have posted a picture up right here in the live. Like, like rotated. Oh, you can? Yeah. Switch us out? Yeah. Oh, sweet. If I would, if I were, if I had the picture ahead of time. Oh, then we'll start doing that. Okay. Hey, you live and you learn. So a Kelpie dog being 30, 31 to 44 pounds. And we, and I wanted to bring that information up because the dog upon entering, um, started jumping up on people and Kel and, and Keith even admitted that this dog was kind of overly active, super nice dog, but he had a habit of jumping up on people and also jumping up on things. So it led the investigators to wonder whether or not this Kelpie dog was responsible for the tear. Did the Kelpie the do it? Did he jump up? And in fact, responsible. in fact, in actual fact. facts, the dog at one point, while they're initially there for the mm. well, initial visit, Department of Redundancy Department, uh, while they were there on the initial visit, the dog actually jumped up by the screen that was ripped. So it led them to maybe postulate that the dog did it. Uh-huh. So then, oh, thank Sorry. you. <laughs> thank it you. was the dog I like in the enthusiasm. library with a candlestick. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was so, Mr. Plum. So, which leads us next to the bush. Now, the bush right next to uh, the window. So, we have a window, and I don't know if I can make the visual here for our visual listener, visual visual listeners here. But we have we have the window, and we have this bush kind of <laughs> poking out from the window, right? Kind of in this vague fashion, right? You get what I'm saying? Here's the bush. It's windy. It's not windy, right? So, here's the bush. <laughs> So they found some. It would have been so much better if you'd just drawn a picture or something as opposed to (laughs) windy and not windy. (laughs) If if you are listening to this afterwards and in a purely audio format, the bush is kind of overhanging the frame of the window, kind of exposing some of the, the. bush foliage to the whatever the viewers inside you can see it from the outside yeah but some of this bush that was overhanging was like burnt like severe heat stress so the idea was that the tractor beam kind of heated up that bush so the investigators being what was it again chalker 
and Harrison. Harrison end up going and I we I think we kind of glossed over the gardener who he was, but I think it was from like a local like tree farm. Yeah, or I think like, so. I would described him. Yeah, it was a place that dealt with trees like all the time. He was a professional gardener who said, "Yeah, in that area of Australia." Some of these bushes, especially those ones in particular, are kind of known for naturally and sporadically succumbing to heat stress. Mm -hmm. And there was no real cause of it other than just a bad day for the bush. So that kind of throws up the heat stress from the bush. Now, if you want to look into it more, of course, it was only heat stressed on this one side of the building on in that particular area. That we were talking about mm-hmm. now. If the area in question. Yes. If we are going to play devil's advocate, I do believe I had a side note on one of those videos that was only mentioned once that another of the same like species of bush is also on the other side of the house. And that one also had signs of heat stress on it. So if you want to play devil's advocate, the gardener could have been right. So the ufologists are going through all this stuff and they end up going to McKay. But before they go to McKay... Uh, Keith says that he would make himself available throughout, you know, the duration of the investigation. And uh, you go, you'll just go, cool. So they end up going up to McKay and they're going through the site where Amy was picked up and then later found at the BP station. And they don't really go into details, I don't believe, of the questions that they had. But they end up saying we had some serious questions. We were there. We had some serious questions. And... This still comes from that preliminary report that we told you about, I believe, October 14th of 2001. So they're up in McKay, and they're up there for two days. And the for the duration of their stay in McKay, day one, they try to get a hold of Keith, and they can't get a hold of him. They like, just won't call back. So they're like, well, this sucks. And he ends up not calling back until the second day in McKay when they're about ready to leave. And he calls back and he says he's sorry, but the reason why he's no longer in the area that he told the investigators mm-hmm. he would be, nor had he, why he had called back or anything like that, Get was, this. was because, and this is another layer of weirdness to Weird. the story, is that he believes that all three of them had had an experience with the men in black. So dun, he, dun, dun. Yeah. So he goes on to say that... You didn't they, even have a dramatic pause. I don't, I have more, like, there's, the ending to this to me is the, <gasps> that's like the dramaticness. <laughs> you look so ugly when you do that. Oh, I appreciate that so <laughs> much. Thank you. You know, who was in the chat earlier saying I was being mean? Was it Jennifer? <laughs> no, you don't hear the mean stuff he said to me in the narrative. You can't prove that. Because wow. it's edited out. Wow. Now your question, wow. Let's just say there's, there's, there's an end cap to this story. That does make you go dum dum dum. So that's why I haven't done the whole story, and she has. So whatever. So he goes on to tell the ufologist that all three of them were actually in a, in in their car or whatever, driving wherever they were, and I, th- I believe it was McKay. I think it was at the time, and they were followed by a high powered uh, four wheel drive. Dark brown Dark van. Dark brown, yeah. Now, I say that with a bunch of ellipses and a bunch of question marks because on two separate videos, the description given by Keith on what they were followed by, one was dark brown truck, another one was a dark brown van. So I don't know which one it was, but it scared them enough and gave them enough inkling to think that they was following them that they, they freaked gone. out. Yeah, they freaked out, lost them, and left the area. Not only left the area... Left in general. Yeah. Like as in disappeared. Gone. Gone. 
to this, vanished. To this day, I don't believe anybody has had any correspondence with any of them, be it well, Petra, Amy, or Keith. Which brings in more questions. Which is, to me, do it. Dum, dum, dum. Okay, but we can't put this on YouTube if you can can't say it's, it's not a conspiracy theory. <laughs> is that, is that, are it's not a that? conspiracy theory. We are just saying it It does make you wonder. Okay, they they, they flat out like just disappeared. Is that right? a thing we have to watch out for on YouTube? Well, it, that's their new thing, you know, with any oh. c- kind of conspiracy. But I think that's really more like political, oh. you know. Oh. Well, we're not advocating for the you know, conspiracy. No, part no, of no. It. I'm just saying these people because, disappeared, and be- no one has heard of them because there are rumors that they have since relocated to either England or the United States, but none of that has been verified. Yeah. Either way, no one knows what happened to these people. Yeah. So that that really leaves two things that could have happened: either they willingly decided, you know what, we went out of the public eye, we're tired of. You know, and that could be like well any be. backlash or, you know, whatever, whatever. And they just flat out disappeared. Or did something happen to them to cause their disappearance? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So A or B, we don't know what could have happened. Yep. And hopefully we are not proven wrong and Keith yeah. Rylance gives us a call. Oh, my God. Oh and my God. we just missed that part what of the research. <laughs> what would you do if you answered the phone and... Oh, thank God. We found you. Grandmama. <laughs> Grandmama. <laughs> If you if, listen to last week's podcast, you'll understand that reference. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, but I mean, like, what would you do if you answered the phone and it was like, Alex? Hey there. This is Keith Rylance. <laughs> this is Keith Rylance. Oh, it's my wife, Amy. Is that Amy? <laughs> Petra's in the background. <laughs> but she's not Australian. She's another. Oh, oh. I don't know if she's like Middle Eastern descent. I can't. Maybe not. It might be like Northern European. I can't remember I, because I only watched like two interviews with her. All the rest. Are, I can't really do a Middle Eastern accent. I'm not going to do it for the okay. sake of misdoing it and getting getting the repercussions of it. I'm not going to do it. I like it. how you just whipped that ricocheted it right back to me. Oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, because we're not we're not doing we're not doing it. Uh, but yeah, so so that case this case file. What became of them? We don't know. This case file is still open. Yes. So if, as often as I say that we had relied upon the preliminary report, there is no actual support, or there, no, no actual report. Nobody knows. Nope. And it's still open to this day. They don't have a Facebook. Now I'm going to be like every day I'm going to be typing in the search bar. Keith Rylance. Keith Rylance. <laughs> nope. Uganda. Chalk the days off. <laughs> uh, so you have, do you have anything? No one in the chat is helping us with questions. Nobody has questions. They're just saying, whoa, guys, crazy. Oh. You guys are letting me down, man. No, nothing. What we'll do you guys there. think? What do you guys think? Do you think it was A, you know, they just got tired of the crap and <laughs> said, we out. <laughs> do, you, do you have anything or, to add to this? Or, I wasn't even done. Oh, I'm sorry. Or, do you think that nefarious agents, which shall remain nameless, had something to do with it? Are we allowed to say that? Why well, how else did you want me to put it? I don't know how to... How I don't to, know how YouTube wants you to put it. You're so I concerned. Knows. I don't know. Trista Trista, uh, Trista says, I think they were forced to leave. Oh. Hold on, hold on, because Jennifer says something happened to them. Thanks for being vague, Jennifer. <laughs> I appreciate, I appreciate she you doesn't, trying to She doesn't something. want... Men in black <laughs> showing up at her door going, have you heard from Keith? She's like, you know what, Alex? Screw. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know anything. 
Darrow asked me that Keep one day. Quiet. He's like, he's like, you know, with what you do, what would you? I'm talking all quiet just in case, like Alexa or somebody <laughs> is listening. I don't even know. <laughs> but Daryl's like, what would you do if, with the kind of work that you do, if the Men in Black came knocking on our door? I'm like, make you answer it. I'm not answering that door. Mm. So I got, I got to tell you the story. Nope. <laughs> I got I to gotta tell you the story. So, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> so <coughs> Holly brings up a good point here. With all the technology, and Amy went to the hospital. Yeah, and this was in 2001. So but technically, they couldn't do a skin scrapey scrapey of where the where the uh, triangular marks were. They, they could have, you yes. know. But still, in, I should have been an investigator. In 2001. In 2001, yeah. DNA is, is still... Not in its infancy, but it's still un, not uncertain, but it's not as full-fledged as it is today. But you know what? You would have think they would have... Let's take, for example... Myself. They would have saved it, put it in a little test tube, put it in the fridge... They could have. ...and get back to it in a couple of years, because they have how much older crime scene um, stuff like that that they were able to go back that they had saved because they knew that sometime yeah. you know, in the near future, they, they would could've. be able to find this out. But it would be on the... Nobody thought about that? It would be on the scale of importance. Let's take, for example, I think the O.J. Simpson case. I think they tried to involve some type of DNA evidence in the O.J. Simpson case. And when was that? Was that 19, like 1995, 1996, maybe? I'm taking a guess. That's just I, a guess. I think so. I, that sounds about right. And they tried to enter that stuff in, and they had it all thrown out. Because it, that, for sure in 1995, 1996, DNA evidence was in its infancy. And no one had any idea how it worked. No one had any idea. Yeah, yeah. And so when when did we start getting a lot of these? Okay, we've always had Law & Order NYPD Blue has been out for a long time. Yeah. But it wasn't until like, what, CSI? And CSI Las Vegas was the first ones, right? I think so. Because Dad was really into Las Vegas because yeah, it had Daryl uh, is too. What was what's the guy the the guy with the beard? NCIS. Was, I don't watch those. Was Pat shows. Garrett from Young Guns? Oh really? Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah. So Dad was totally into that one, right? <laughs> it wasn't until those kind of shows started coming out that that people started to like take interest on like the crime scene investigation, and we you'll, you'll hear a lot of podcasts, especially if it's true crime. True crime uh, across the board will most likely tell you that if, if someone along your normal day will ask you like why are why are people so suddenly interested in serial killers or true crime? This isn't a new thing. This is this is this spans hundreds of years. Oh people's, yeah, yeah. People's interest with with crime. If you are a law abiding citizen, you most likely will have some type of interest in somebody who is not a law abiding citizen. And sometimes we all have thresholds on what we can handle between someone kill, stealing a candy bar or someone becoming a mass murderer. These things have been around for a while, but it wasn't until like those CSI shows, the in-depth shows that started showing some of the science that people started getting acclimated and understanding and comfortable with how some of this stuff works to actually be able to consider it as evidence. Like I said, in OJ Simpson, the OJ Simpson case, I believe they had some of that DNA evidence and it was all thrown out because nobody, it was just a crock Couldn't of crap. Couldn't be sure enough. Yep. It was a crop of cra- that- crock of crap that scientists just concocted. How can it be trusted? So it was thrown out. And we're, we're just talking what? 1996, four years, five years after yeah. that. Yeah, true. Is what we're talking about now. But you know what? Holly, Holly brings up a good point here. But nowadays, if they're wondering where they are, you know what I mean? I'm sorry. What? What? So, but nowadays, if if there really was a question of you know yeah. where are these 
people now. Like, you can't hide nowadays. Yeah. I mean, good luck. Yeah. I mean, you know. So Holly had said that her ex-husband is a U.S. Marshal, and they do that all the time. Is <laughs> I know that what you're right saying? where they're at. They're just, is that what she's saying? She said even 20 years ago, they were doing that. Yeah, well, 20 years ago from now, it's 2020, and that was 2001. Yes, they were. They could possibly be taking them because they were doing the DNA evidence. But even back then, it still wasn't like it wasn't as firmly gripped as as our first thought here in the chat, for example. Your guys' first thought of that. They collected evidence back then. Oh, and I didn't see that come. Why yes, did that they just, did. It just popped up on mine like bloop. I was like, what is he talking about? I see. Yeah, so they let me did. pop this up here. Okay, yeah, because I didn't see it just like blooped and suddenly yeah. popped up. Yeah, but but especially in a case like this, to where no one's missing, there wasn't a clear abductor, even though you had the abductee, you can collect some of the evidence, but in the light that we're doing it today, and yeah. that we're actually taking it for what it's worth as being an alien abduction, even if you were to gather the correct information on what you would need to pinpoint it being an ET, would we even be able to understand yeah. I, the I get what you're I get what you're saying with that. But what I'm saying is, is okay, so, you know, this story is still, you know, it, it, it's not a closed case. It yeah. is still an open it's case. Still, yeah, yeah. Um, and with all of the, I mean, you know how, you know, people want to interview people that yeah. things like this have happened to. So, but they just disappeared and nobody can find them. Yeah. I mean, like you can, there are so many things that you can do now to, you know, that are, you know, you could hire a private investigator. Yeah. You know, even if they change their names, you could still follow the chain but by now, and find them. But by you know? now, when they left in 2001, by now, I'm sure it becomes much, you know, exponentially harder the longer the time goes. Yeah. So I'm not putting yeah, that the out longer, of... Yeah, the longer we wait, the, the, the you know, greater chance of yeah. us not getting... Yeah. Finding out, you know, okay, so what... What has anything happened since? You yeah. know, I would I would be really and that goes curious to, to know has has have the three of them, any of them, all of them, yeah, had any kind of experiences since two thousand one. Yeah, and that goes back to what Holly had said that uh, they collected the evidence and stored it. And oh, she's thinking out loud. She says, hmm. "Oh, you're not discrediting anybody, Holly. Holly, Holly thinks she's discredit or trying, uh, sounding like she might be discrediting." Somebody. Oh no, no, no. That, oh, that's no, what we're all. here. Yeah, you know, trying to figure out. Yeah. And it is what very could suspicious. Possibly have happened. I, I, think, I personally find it suspect. Yes, I, I do. I think that because, plays like into I said, there's Holly's... always a chain. You always leave like a paper trail. Yeah, you know. So what you're telling me, either a you're telling me there is no paper paper trail. Yeah. Or you're not taking any interest in even picking the trail back up again. You know, and I doubt that that's yeah. the case. Yeah, and I think that's what Holly was getting at is is eh, bringing that is full circle this? of why it's weird in that either eh. there is none. Or there is some, they just don't give a crap. Yeah, yeah. Or what is stopping them from giving yeah, a crap? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. You know. So I don't know if there's stuff that we had missed. I mean, maybe there is. I mean, we just try to try to do the best work we can with the time that we have. I you want know, to the know week. more. I think there's a lot of unanswered questions. And, you know, like, even with, like, um, uh, I'm trying, I just had it pop in my head and then it just whoop, right back out. Oh. But, you know, like, even, okay, 2001... Um, you know, reports have been out publicly, you know, in the media since the 50s. Yeah. You know, so of alien abductions. So, I mean, I, I guess I'm not understanding, like, okay, you questioned them, whoever questioned them, you know, the police, whatever. Hmm. Why weren't, I don't know, like, why didn't they call in a hypnotist, for example, therapist, counselor, I don't know, somebody 
to try to establish, okay, is this the first time that these three people have had... I think you're given... I'm just saying, like, these are things that I would want to know. That's you, though. You know. That's you. And I think the way a police officer is trained, unless you have a specific set of circumstances that allows a police officer to even entertain an idea of a paranormal... Maybe they should. To even entertain the idea of a paranormal situation happening, let alone taking another paranormal situation and inserting it, such as a hypnotist or a psychic. Especially when... I think you're going to be hard-pressed to find that. I'm just going to say it. You know, it's not like you just have, oh, three or four of these cases happening a year. You know, I mean, like, we're talking thousands of cases a year. Yeah. So it does, in my opinion, anyway, warrant that, you know, we should be doing more to... And a lot of them can be explained, too. Look into. And a lot of them could be explained, too. No, I mean, from the people saying that, you know, I think I've been abducted by aliens. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot you know, of them have been explained. How you going to explain it? It was, a ba- it was a bad dream, Susie. What? <laughs> what? What do you... What? What? Huh. what? <laughs> I'm not even... Are you saying that that there's no possibility of it being a bad dream? Oh, no. Absolutely not. But I'm say, what I'm saying is you're not going to write off th- you know, thousands of cases a year to... All right, they're just... Here's a perfect example. All had bad dreams. Perfect example. Done. It is a college... It is a common human archetype to dream of you losing your teeth in some kind of fashion. I don't think I have literally ever in my almost 50 years now had a dream where I was losing my teeth. Although I do know that that is a fairly common yes. dream. Yes. Yeah. So are you hitting your desk? Oh, I no. I put my hand down and it went dong, 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 dong. Sheesh. So, so that, that, that is a, a reoccurring human archetype in, in dreamland of people losing their teeth. See, now, Trista not- is getting what I'm saying here. What is she saying? It's. I think it's weird how how they made her sign those papers because of her abduction, but then didn't do their part and follow up on it. That's true too. That's very true. Yeah. Team Christy. <laughs> We're not doing teams. <laughs> you don't tell me what no. we can do. No. Anyway, but that's true, Trista. That's very true. If you're gonna put my life, if you're if you are, and I think we, I think I kind of alluded to this at the beginning of the live, where if you are going to say, all right, we'll listen to you as long as you sign this paper saying that all of it's true, and if not, you're going to jail. Then why? Why you're right? Then why didn't they follow up? Lock me up. Lock me up. As such, no. I will be so annoying. You will. You'll regret that decision. I can be so annoying. You are annoying now. Uh, Look at those glasses. Whatever, man. <laughs> All right. So we are at 56 well, minutes. Hold on here. Kelly. Or Kelly. Uh, Holly says, I wonder if they have. And I, you know, I thought about this when mm-hmm. we were doing the narrative. Um, but it's a good point. Uh, what? They don't have any other family members? Or, or what? Did they disappear too? Yeah, it's true. That's true, and that that's part of the story that that I never came across. I didn't hear what happened to the property afterward. I'm sure we can Google Map it and kind of see what it what it's all about. But uh, what Holly also went on to say, I dream all the time that I lose mine all the time. She so she dreams all the time that she loses her teeth as well. So my my thing I was getting at is if we can if we could all agree that losing our teeth, regardless of how we're gonna interpret it possibly psychologically, we all yeah. have that that dream that we lose our teeth. If we all would happen to have a dream about alien abductions, would you say the same that in theory if we all have the dream that we lose our teeth and we wake up with all of our teeth still intact, that the dream wasn't true. Well, yeah. So, in theory, how much of that could we apply 
to being abducted by alien dreams. I feel like you're just talking in circles right now, honestly. No, I'm, I know. I'm equivocating is what I'm doing. You're equivocating? Yes. Equivocating. That sounds like a fake word. It's, I don't know if it is right now, but equivocating. I'm equivocating. Someone, Shut up. Can someone back me up on this? I'm tired of working under these conditions. <laughs> I'm so stressed out. This is not a pleasant work so environment. Tired. I am so tired. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Do you All get right. what I'm saying? All right. Yeah. I'm not discounting. Yep. Daryl says that's the most annoying sound in the world. I do it louder and more shrill. Holly says, I understand you, Alex. <laughs> Thank you, Holly. Thank you. No, I do get what you're saying. I do. So that, that 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 is all I'm saying, okay? Yeah. So, but but going back to Trista, she's right that if if they were going to sign her have her sign that affidavit yeah. saying that, that you're going to be truthful under under penalty of law, then they should have have had the law work in her favor. Well, yeah, if you're gonna if you want her to play by the rules, then okay, exactly. You know, well, that same set of rules applies to you yep. too, buddy. It's, it's, you get on out there and you figure out what the hell's going yeah. on, what the hell's bells is going on. All right. Well, it is. 59 minutes on this live and i don't want to cut it off i just agree to, with trista too many unanswered questions that's true i don't want to cut it off just to cut it off but that means that this episode is going to be super long so i need i think we need to cut it because it's nine o'clock at night so do we have so any go to bed wrap ups? y'all gotta go to work tomorrow go to bed yes i gotta work very early so we got do we have any wrap-ups our first wrap-up is thank you for joining us in the live whether or not you're doing it via youtube facebook live i think most of our comments tonight have been from facebook yeah and if you are watching this because we do uh send it out on our personal facebook pages too if you're watching this on our personal page pages uh come on over and i can't talk today give our page a like at the supernatural tendencies podcast on facebook and while you're at it join our group our community Community, our community of friends. Why are you telling them not to join? I forgot. I Seriously, wow. Real quick, why didn't why didn't my name pop up? I don't see my name. Wait a minute. I hold did on. you click the button for the name? Hold on, man. I. Oh man, I had a good name. Oh man, wait a minute. For the audio listeners, it's clicked. To, like, I don't know why it. it's not showing it. Never mind. We'll get on this. I don't know. Thank you, Holly, for enjoying this. I'm glad that you Thanks joined us. Thanks for joining us, us everybody. Um, My Miss Jennifer, America wave. Krista, Brooke, any, everybody else. I'm sorry if I... That's just in my immediate last comments. Thank you for uh, hanging out with the issues. Like I said, uh, just in an experimental phase as of now. Hopefully we'll... Oh, hi, Oscar. For the first <laughs> Finally. Time. Wow. I'm impressed. I know, right? Uh, hopefully we'll get better at this as we go. Hopefully it'll become more fluid. Um, hopefully we'll be at a better time than this late. We can't, as of right now, really set that we're going to do this Sundays at 2, for example. It's either going to be Saturdays or Sundays, and we will try to give you a heads up beforehand, like an hour. And hopefully from here on out, when we say an hour, it's going to be about an hour. So you're not waiting well, around so an hour and a half. Right the script. Two and a half hours. That was my fault. I'll take that. Uh, I wrote it. I wrote it and I didn't write it. Oh my it. God. I was like ready to choke you out. I didn't yeah. even care at that point. I was like, yeah. I can hide the body. So uh, we plugged the Facebook group. If you have any friends you think might be interested in this, uh, please 
show them how to use it on the podcasting platform. If you haven't done so already, please take the time out. Uh, it really, really helps us if you do this on Apple, but any of the platforms, whether it be CastBox, Google Play, Hi Oscar, Hi any Oscar. of the podcast platforms that you may partake in, give us a review. Give us five stars, please. If not, I understand. I'm an honest guy. Give us a review of stars that you think we deserve. Please no. write in a comment to have others help us. Uh, like I said, it actually helps us a lot. He is on a roll. Say bye, Oscar. There you go. <laughs> there he is. Uh, it, helps, it helps us a lot, a lot, a lot more on Apple because of their freaking Apple Apple algorithms and most of our listenership comes from Apple. I don't care. Whatever you're on, do it for us. Also, if you have any comments or questions and stuff, we always post this in the, in the end outro. So for the Facebook live group, I'm going to say it. And for the audio listeners, it's probably going to double up. But the uh, email address is... Go for it. Supernatural Tendencies Podcast at gmail.com. Any comments, questions, concerns, critiques, critiques, anything like that. Also, if you have a band, if you know anybody else in a band or a musician of any kind, any genre, any age, any state, please have them send me a copy of one of their songs through that. We do do a musician spotlight. I said do do. Uh, we do have a musician <laughs> spotlight. After every show, um, you guys will not hear that here on the live. That will be in post, and it will be released every Tuesday. So if you have somebody who may be interested, please do that. And I think we're done talking, unless you have anything else. Oh, I dropped papers. Oops. Are you done? I'm done. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Download on Tuesday. Bye. We'd like to say thank you one more time for hopping on board with us this week. If you have any comments, questions, critiques, or suggestions for new topics, please send us an email at supernaturaltendenciespodcast at gmail.com. We also encourage you to get over to our Facebook page at Supernatural Tendencies Podcast and go ahead and elbow drop that like button for us. We're also available on Instagram at Supernatural Tendencies Podcast and Twitter at Weird and Scary, if that's more to your liking. Please pass us around to your friends as well where they can find us on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and most other podcast platforms. And remember, if you're having any type of paranormal activity or extraterrestrial contact, I offer private coaching online via Skype or Facebook Messenger to assist you with those issues. Feel free to visit me at christyjohnsonsadler.com for contact information. Till next time, this has been Alex and Christy. See you later. And we're back. Did I scare you that time? A little bit. Did I? Yes. I scared her again. And we are now back just past our first live stream discussion. So if you're listening to this on the audio, you already know. And if you were there uh, Sunday night, you already know. But now we are doing the recorded musician spotlight. I know it's your favorite because I know you stick around. I know. I know. Then none of our listeners just stop after the credits. Or stop before the credits, just after the credits. I know they stick you don't around even for know the what bands. You're saying. 
Now, I know they stick around for the bands and they the artists. They do. They wouldn't do that. They no, they, wouldn't just wouldn't like do jump that. ship. You guys are loyal and you guys like music. Because they appreciate good music. Exactly. And today, speaking of good music, blown away. I put a post up. Uh, it was a very vague post. It was something along the lines of, uh, do you make music? Do you have a recording? You want to be on a podcast? Send me stuff. And these guys answered. The band is called A Burden to Bear. I believe they're from Fort Wayne, Indiana. The Fort. The Fort. You ever, the been, fort. To Fort, you ever been to Fort Wayne? Yeah. You have? For what? Yeah. What'd you go to Fort Wayne for? I can't say on the air. Oh. <laughs> you and I went to Decatur that one time. Really? Remember, really? That was a Fort Wayne, though. <laughs> Whatever, but you had to bring it up. <laughs> what were you doing five to ten if you keep going? Shut up. <laughs> God! That was not Fort Wayne. So I have been to Fort when Wayne. When you and your mom participate in illegal, <laughs> act, questionable activity, you don't go broadcasting it on the podcast. That's true. Stupid. I recant. I recant my statements. I have been to Fort Wayne quite often. I used to work for a a, a glass manufacturing company that we delivered the, the automotive glass. And Fort Wayne was a frequent stop of mine sometimes twice, three times a week. So I got very intimate with Fort Wayne. And I have to say, all in all... Hopefully nobody gets offended by this, but if two states burned off the map, I would not be sorry. Wow. One, one our fans already kind of know because it holds, just like Archer, it holds like three of my worst fears, and that's Louisiana. So I'm sorry to Louisiana. I just... I love Louisiana. My personal preference, I don't ever... It's actually one of my favorite states. I don't ever want to see your state So you can again. just suck it, It scares buddy. me to no end. The second, though, is Indiana. For a very logistical reason, you guys don't know how to build roads. The you roads, just you just terrible. don't know how to do it. Yeah, I don't know if it's an engineering thing. Maybe it's not. <laughs> maybe they're not Hoosiers. Maybe these engineers coming in to build your roads aren't Hoosiers. So maybe I'm putting the blame somewhere else. But unfortunately, I have to drive through your state, and it's terrible. The one place to me where it isn't terrible is Fort Wayne. I bet we check the analytics. Maybe on I don't this, care on this podcast, and, and they it's went be like, sharply down. <laughs> Indiana <laughs> just, just pot, bottomed out. Gone. But Fort Wayne uh, is is dear to my heart because I do not mind driving through it as opposed to ninety eight percent of the rest of your state. Uh, they also, again, because I do it all the time, I'm going to keep doing it. I don't care if I'm, I'm, I'm just keep doing it, man. it. They have do a it. hockey team there called the Fort Wayne Comets, and they are in the same league as my uh, hair closer team Toledo Walleye. So uh, if you're ever near the area, check out the Comets. They also have the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, which my very good friend Jacob uh, and uh, his fiance Brittany have uh, invited us to go to before. And it was a great time. So if you're ever in Fort Wayne, do three things for us. So we need you to check out the Tin Caps. We need you to check out the Comets. And I want you to check out this band, A Burden to Bear, because they are from that town, I believe. A fantastic band, and they had sent me an email, and I was at work at the time, so I had these tagging things on my email where I say, you know, it's podcast, it's this, or it's that, to help keep my work email kind of flowing, but my work email is also my private email, so I tagged them, and I saved them for later, kind of thanked them, I think, real quick, saved them for later, and I brought up the link that they gave us, and this is a super professional-looking video, man, like... I wanted to start this musician spotlight for, it doesn't necessarily have to be specifically local bands. It didn't necessarily have to be regional bands, but I didn't want, I didn't want like, how can you say, I don't want live national touring acts that are on the radio. Like, I don't mean to sound that bad, but they already have their thing yeah, going. Yeah. 
You know, they already have. We're trying to help the the unknown to become yeah. known. And I and I tread lightly because I, I don't want to say that all touring bands because I know plenty of touring bands that are not widely known, hence why they're touring. Yeah. Uh, and they're not on the radio. So that's kind of the goal. So when I seen this video that they sent me, I'm like, holy crap, man. Like, this is not what I expected. So after looking into it, like, like they're, they're pretty, they do a lot of shows, but they're awesome. Like, and they're not, I, I've never heard of them. I'm not saying that I'm like an end-all be-all when it comes to music, especially nowadays, because I got so much crap going on. I can't keep up with all the youngsters now. All the but, young'uns. <laughs> but I especially like this band because it harkens back to what I used to do as well. Um, when I first started being a musician, I started in some punk bands, and then I went into metalcore. And I know that's kind of like a dirty word now, but for a long time, and you knew me being in these bands for quite a while, being metalcore bands. And this is very reminiscent of the old metalcore that I used to do. So if anybody gets offended by that term, I really don't care. That's what I used to do. And I say it out of respect. I don't care what you think about it. Uh, but this band is very metalcore-like. So like Killswitch Engage, um, what else? Sh- Shadows Fall, um, As It Lay Dying. I'm kind of going with the trend of what I remember. Uh, because I don't hear much of this kind of specific style anymore, and it really reminded me of that. And I dig it so much because it's so near and dear to my heart because I played it for so many years uh, in bo- on both drums and bass. So I was super excited to hear it. Uh, so there are some examples for you if you happen to know those. I know that some some what I would call metalcore get more and more getting on the radio now, at least in our area. Um, there are a s- couple of super cool radio stations. You know what? In Fort Wayne, 98.9 The Bear. I don't know if we're allowed to say that on here, but I'm gonna. So if we get shut down, screw you, the bear. Um, <laughs> usually has some of the better bands. And on the flip side of that, Toledo has 104.7. Is that 104.7 Toledo? I think, yeah. Uh, and it's terrible. It's freaking terrible. They have like Five Finger Death Punch. And I don't care if you like Five Finger Death Punch because I don't. But hearing it four times a day. Why do we need to hear Five Finger Death Punch four times a day? We exactly. don't. Exactly. We need more bands like A Burden to Bear. So if you guys get a chance to check them out, I did not see any upcoming shows for them, although it seemed like they were pretty consistent in the Fort Wayne-ish area. I think they came to Dayton, Ohio, not too long ago. So once they get those up, hop over to their Facebook page and see if they're coming to a town near you. Uh, Of course, as we always do, and what is the common thing nowadays, get on their Spotify, start streaming whatever you can, give them some love on Facebook, on YouTube, on all that stuff, because if you don't like this, check your freaking pulse. Because it's amazing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's, I felt like I should say something. Yeah. I, I've been quiet right. and I didn't know what to say. It's okay. So as far as off topic as we it come in this small spoken segment, we want to throw it back to a bur- uh, a bear. Uh, a burden to bear. Thank you guys for uh, providing the music for this week. Thanks for uh, answering a random call to action. And it's a pleasure to have you on. So with no further ado, a burden to bear. Which witch is which? Here it is.
Take my trust in 